This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The U.S. is upping its support to Israel, deploying military ships to the region, increasing the number of fighter jets in the Middle East. And Israel's military could ask the U.S. to tap into its stockpiles inside Israel, where the U.S. military has maintained warehouses for decades containing tanks and ammunition. 606, good morning. That's convenient, isn't it? Welcome to a Tuesday. 57 degrees in downtown Boise. Phone lines open, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. No new wars were declared since we were on the air yesterday. Thank goodness for small victories. Our question uh, today for you, and this is this is something we're going to ask your opinion on throughout the day. Because it's looking more and more like uh, this war, like call it a skirmish, but it's a little more than that. Could go on for a while, and uh, based on what's happening in the first three days, this is going to be ugly. Let's see. So far, they've, according to my calculations, blown up everything, both sides. And and when I say ugly, I mean war is always ugly. Mm -hmm. What's going on between the Ukraine and Russia is ugly. But it is nothing compared to what's going to be going on through uh, this war with Israel and the Hamas. And I say that because you're already starting to see the rhetoric to prepare you for what the Israeli army is going to be doing in response to the attacks and to the savagery that happened in the first two days as they were attacked. Yeah, Um, people pulled out of their homes and murders and rapes and... And all sorts of things. I mean, you know, they went into people's homes. Uh, you know, people were hiding out in the basement or someplace, and they just dragged them all out. Yeah, and and not just dragged them out, shot them. Mm-hmm. Ch- children, children running, seen running away, shot in the back. People being beheaded, and you're starting to see the rhetoric, even rhetoric, even from the Israeli Israeli side. Which, by the way. The Israeli Guard, military army for Israel, is one of the best and well-trained mm-hmm. military units in the Mideast. I uh, would refer you back to 1976 in the movie Raid on Entebbe. How much support, this is a question for you, there's no right or wrong answer, I'm just curious, we're, we're just getting started in this. How much support do you want to see the United States give Israel in this fight? Keep in mind, we are already fighting another, help to fight another war on another front with Ukraine, and there's already been discussion about how much support we should be giving to Ukraine now that that war is over a year and a half old and we see no end in sight to that. There's already calls for military aid 
to be sent to Israel. However, how much aid can we send because our cupboards are bare? We haven't been able to replenish the military weapons and ammunition that we've been using for Ukraine. And right now, if we wanted to, we couldn't even do it because you have to approve that spending through Congress, and Congress can't do that because there's no Speaker of the House. (laughs) You mean an interim Speaker of the House can't do it? Interim Speaker of the House can't do it. I did not know that. Now, (laughs) yesterday... Jim Jordan said, and there were, he has backing of some moderates in Congress, uh, not Jim Jordan, I'm sorry, Kevin McCarthy uh, said he is willing to take over the speakership in the interim so that they can take this up. Because who knows how long it's going to be based on how long it took last time to get a speaker. You do have uh, two people that have announced that they want to be the next speaker of the House, Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise. They each have their backers. Did anyone take up McCarthy on his offer? Uh, yeah, he's got he's got support from moderates saying, yeah, we shouldn't have done this in the first place. Let's get him back in there and get business done. So all the Republicans who weren't the eight that voted him out. Exactly. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen or if they're just going to turn the page here and go, we're already down this road. Um they will meet today. They started meeting last night, by the way, um, to start discussing the two prospects for the Speaker of the House, and then they will meet in mass today, the Republicans will. They really should expedite the process. You know, get it over with quick. Choose somebody. Well, and I'm wondering if, if this forces them to do that. However, like I said, you have wide-ranging support for... Jordan, and you have wide-ranging support for Scalise. It's going to be which one of the people or which one of the groups are going to jump off the fence, you know, like I said, to support one over the other to be able to come to enough votes to get a Speaker of the House. Yeah. Because I don't think you can count on Democrats voting, right? (laughs) I could be wrong. Maybe they have a choice that they would rather see. I don't know. Well, they do, but he's, he's a Democrat. Well, yeah, of course, they, they want a Democrat in there, but I'm, I'm talking about the two Republicans. Yeah. You know, Republicans aren't going to allow a Democrat to take over power in the House, even if they have a small, just a small majority. But I'm just curious, how much support do you want to see the U.S. give if this continues? Do you, I, I, we'll go as far as asking your opinion on should there be troops on the ground? We've already, as you mentioned yesterday, you told, you know, they, we have a carrier group that is already headed to the mm-hmm. region. Well, and now they talk about the fact that uh, the uh, U.S. military has been storing things uh, in Israel for a number of years. And so all we have to do is break these things out of storage and they have, you know, tanks and whatever they need. And I, that's why I said, how convenient when we first started. <laughs> Um, it, it's interesting to see, I mean, you have just vehemently strong support for Israel from, um, obviously, uh, Jews here in the United States and a lot of people in Congress, especially the Jewish people in Congress. Mm-hmm. If you listen to Ben Shapiro's show yesterday, um, very emotional in his support, yet you have 
congressmen who are supporters of Palestine and saying that we should not be supporting Israel in any way, shape, or form. Talking directly about the squad who came out yesterday and said it's Israel's fault for what's going on right now. And that the United States should stand down. Well, I imagine they'll argue about that till the end of time, because they have so far. So that's where we're going today. Just uh, I'm curious, as we get into, um, what is this, the third third day? Saturday, Sunday, Monday. This is the fourth day, fourth getting day, into yeah. the fourth day. Um, Israel started, uh, Israel started uh, bombing Hamas yesterday. And we now, I guess, understand the reason why they were taking hostages. Yeah. The, uh, so Israel would have to think twice about bombing a place where there are hostages. No. And so they put no, them that, everywhere. That not not to think twice. They've already said, uh, that's not what I was talking about. Um, Hamas has said for every building that gets bombed, they will kill behead a hostage yeah, that too so it doesn't it doesn't matter if there are hostages stored there they said for every building that gets bombed they will kill one hostage for every building the, it, i think the israelis are probably saying at this point well if you want to trade one for every thousand people i suppose that's up to you yeah um and israel said for their part you know threats like that aren't going to change how they're going to defend themselves deaths top 1600 that's breaking news msnbc just reporting that as of right now 900 israelis 710 palestinians and now it's up to 11 americans who were killed 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless your thoughts weigh in we'll talk about this throughout the morning if you'd like to weigh in uh you can also email us chris at kvoi.com Mike at KBOI.com. How much do we support Israel in their war declared this weekend? Let's get a uh, check on what's going on with sports. It is 615. This first update of the morning is brought to you once again by our friends at Pork Belly. Already there. Been there for a long time. Making their deliciousness from scratch so it's all ready to go when they open up. 45 minutes from now at Pork Belly in downtown Cuno. In the NFL, the Raiders on Monday Night Football stopped their three-game losing streak, defeating the Packers 17-13. Las Vegas intercepted Green Bay quarterback Jordan Love three times, including a pick in the end zone by defensive back Amick Robertson in the game's final minute. Both the Raiders and Packers are now 2-3. and three. Next up in the NFL, the Denver Broncos play at Kansas City Thursday at 6 p.m. The game will be televised on Amazon Prime. Boise State sophomore Bella McGurr has been named this week's Mountain West Volleyball Defensive Player of the Week for the week ending October 8th. It's the first Player of the Week honor for McGurr. It's the second Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week award for the Broncos this season. Sophomore Brianna Mitchell won for the week ending September 17th. In wins over Fresno State and Nevada, McGurr averaged 15.5 digs per match. Boise State tonight will host Utah State. At 7 p.m. at Bronco Gym, that's sports. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
6.23, good morning. He's Chris Weldon. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in and being part of the show. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through to us, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Or you can also uh, get us a Snake River Pool and Spa text line uh, this morning. Powerball numbers last night. Did you, you, know, did you play the Powerball? I, I did. Um, and, you know, this morning, I, I was thinking I woke up uh, not feeling very well, and then it occurred to me I just have lottery fever. Yeah, uh, you, you uh, didn't win. No, uh, I know I didn't win. That's that's the bad news, but that's, the good news is you... ever so much more next time. Nobody else won. Yeah, uh, this jackpot will grow to the second largest in uh, history. Wow. One, at least $1.73 billion, uh, more than likely than that. Uh, it will be higher because when it gets to this, lots of people like you, everybody mm-hmm. in this room starts playing. To reach this size, uh, nobody has won the jackpot since July 22nd. Started as a $20 million prize, now up to $1.73 billion. Now, people ask, this will be the second time in a row and the third time this year that one of the lotteries will go over a billion yeah. dollars. And, and people are asking, why is it that all of a sudden we see and more billion dollar it's COVID's winners. fault. It's the fault of COVID. <laughs> During COVID, people figured out how to in in a lot of places, not everywhere, but they figured out how to buy tickets online and when people started doing that, they started buying more tickets. If you don't have to go to the store and stand in a line, you know, at a convenience store to buy them, hey. Or you know, Okay, or more. like, I mean, I, there was one night I forgot to get tickets yeah. and I'm like sitting there on the couch and it's about two hours before the drawing. I'm not getting out of, off my couch, getting in the car and driving mm-hmm. just to get tickets where if you can sit there on your phone and buy tickets on your yes. phone, you can do that. By now, the way, Idaho is one of the states where you're allowed to do this. Okay, sort of. Now in nine states in DC, you can buy Powerball tickets through an app, but Idaho is not one of those tickets uh, ha- or not one of those states. However, there is a service called jack pocket which uh sort of sounds like something you might you know get arrested for but uh it bills itself as america's number one lottery app and with the jack pocket app you choose your game for instance like powerball or mega millions and then you choose your numbers or a quick pick either one somebody from jack pocket then goes to the store an official lottery retailer for you and buys your lottery tickets they do not bring the tickets to your house but they do scan them and send their images to your email then they put your tickets into a fireproof safe, and if you win less than 600 bucks, the money goes directly into your Jackpocket account. If you win more than that, Jackpocket arranges to securely deliver your winning ticket directly to you when you're home so you can take it to the lottery office and cash in. Now, at this point, you might be asking yourself, now, how, th- how could this possibly be legal in Idaho? Because it's fun. <laughs> it sounds like a scam, right? And it uh, apparently is, uh, I'm guessing because the... Uh, uh, legislature hasn't figured out figured out it's happening yet because that's generally when things are legal in Idaho. Uh, so, but they haven't said positively no. So in Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Idaho, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, and D.C. and West Virginia, you can use Jackpocket. And I downloaded it last week when I found out about it, and that's I've been buying lottery tickets ever since. And so far, I'm up to zero in winnings. <laughs> Just like you would be if you'd been going but, to the store. But, yeah, exactly right. Um, and I've, I've probably spent like a total of 20 bucks because I've been buying one ticket for what each I, drawing. What I'm interested to know 
is if the money you spend through jackpot stays in the state of Idaho. Because if it does, I don't see the law, the Idaho legislature doing anything. Right. If that money does not stay in Idaho, I see the legislature jumping all over this in general. Um, the the money you pay for the lottery ticket, of course, goes directly to the lottery. Now, when you put money in, let's say that you you have to put money in your account in order to buy tickets. So let's say you put 20 bucks in. They might, they might charge you like 22 bucks to do that. And so they get $2. Right. Now, my guess is uh, Jack Pocket uh, is not in the state of Idaho, so the money does leave there. Yeah. So- that, that's why I see the legislature probably saying, uh, no, we want that uh, lottery money to stay right here in Idaho and not yeah. go someplace else. But and, until they uh, meet in January, um, go ahead, sit on your couch and buy away. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. State Antony Blinken, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, and other senior administration officials to get updated on the situation in Israel. The president directed them to follow up on coordination with Israel and to continue to work with regional partners, reiterating his previous warning to anyone who might seek to take advantage in this situation. President Biden has no public events today, but the White House says he'll be speaking with several close allies about the developments in Israel. 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, 1 800 529 wherever you might be listening this morning. Gordon, counsel, listening on 93.1 FM. Good morning. Hi, fellas. Hi, world. Boy, my, my conservative talk show hosts seem to be much more outraged. Well, like maybe they've grown tired of being outraged about what's going on in Ukraine, but they, boy, they, they uh, the hosts yesterday were saying that the savages only know death, and that's what we should give them. And um, but really, uh, uh, I guess missiles and falling on people and buildings in Ukraine is more civilized than videos of people murdering other people. You know, there's tens of thousands of people have been killed in Ukraine, and and that's continuing. Uh, but the civil, do the, are the missiles just more civilized and more outraged because of the people murdering other people? I, I, I don't know. You answer that question, uh, I guess, uh, because you're right. If a person is dead, they're dead. But if somebody takes a video and posts the video of a person being beheaded, a child being beheaded, is that better or worse than bombing a building? Right. Uh, some, some, I think sometimes those hosts would, would like to be outraged by you. No, I'm, I'm asking you a question. Uh, oh, you, didn't, you didn't answer the question. No, I think I think it's just as bad to be uh, killed by a missile as it is to be murdered by someone. Not murdered. No. I said beheaded, like a child beheaded on oh. on video and then showed to the world. Is one worse than the other? Yeah. That's my question to you. Is that, it worse to do that? Or I get it. They're both dead. Is one yes. worse than the other? I think people. It's, no, it's no, not really. No, it's, so it's it's, it's not it's not worse in your opinion. No. Okay. That's yeah. I don't. I don't think it's worse. The it's you know. I when we hear about Ukraine, the suffering in Ukraine, I hear well. After all, Ukraine they're corrupt. You know, it's like you know the Ukrainians kind of have it coming. They're they're corrupt. Like that makes it okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The children, you know, the kids with the building 
crushing them and squishing them. And maybe the, there's not enough video. It's, apparently, there's, I haven't looked for it, but there's video of what's going on in Israel. But I never got it. When they show the videos in Ukraine, they always have the pixel. It's pixel. The picture is pixelated. They show a picture of somebody on the street, but where the gory part is, they make it. They make the picture foggy, so you don't really see that. I'm being protected. You know, is that... Well, there, I mean, quite frankly, the, the reason, and thanks for the calls, uh, that you're not protected in the case with Israel is because Hamas are the ones that are posting the video on Twitter. It's their own video that they're posting of the, the people that they are beheading, killing, shooting. Um, when, it, when it comes to Ukraine, those are media companies that are posting that. Uh, there are media companies that are refusing to post what is happening in uh, Israel because it is so brutal um, but when you have, for instance, Hamas posting on Twitter themselves, it's it's not being controlled by media and pixelated because it's their own video. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we'll continue to uh, take some of your phone calls, emails throughout the morning. What, what do you think? Uh, do you believe with uh, Gordon? That a death is a death doesn't matter how brutal it is, and that uh, I, I didn't even I couldn't even tell whether or not he supported. It sounds like he doesn't support the United States uh, supporting uh, Israel. I think, and I think part of his point was he's just surprised at at uh, how vehement all the uh, syndicated hosts were yesterday. Uh, whereas you know when it comes to Ukraine, they've been yeah just a little standoffish. Yeah. Well, and I guess it maybe depends on, you know, which host you listen to. You can well, kind of understand the outrage of Bongino, right Ben off, Shapiro. Yesterday, right off our uh, program, Bongino, just, he was the one that kept talking about how the only thing savages understand is when you kill them. I'm not even sure they understand that then, do they? <laughs> They're just no longer there. Yeah. 208. 336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Like I said, no right or wrong answer here. Just curious what your thoughts are because uh, this this is looking like it could go on for a while and it could be bloody. Do you support U.S. supporting Israel in this war? And how much does that support? Boots on the ground? Just money? Weapons? Go ahead and give us a call. Your home of the Broncos for 50 years, 670 KBOI, Boise. 93.1 KBOI-FM, New Plymouth. News Talk KBOI. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. As more than 100 families ask when their loved ones will be returned by Hamas militants, President Biden prepares to address the nation on the situation in Israel. The death toll at least 1,600. The number of those believed being held hostage by Hamas, as many as 150. ABC News World News anchor David Muir is in Tel Aviv. Overnight here, Israel striking more than 200 targets inside Gaza. They say striking back at Hamas after that brutal and sweeping, deadly attack, the surprise attack here in Israel, the worst in 50 years here. Some 300,000 Israeli soldiers now amassed this morning along the border with Gaza. U.S. officials worried about whether the conflict could escalate as well. Here's ABC White House correspondent Karen Travers. The White House says it's concerned about the possibility of violence in Israel spreading to the north if the Lebanon-based Hezbollah decides to start a second front in the war. National Security Spokesman John Kirby on ABC's Good Morning America. There's been some exchange of rocket fire, George, but but no signs that they're they're all in as it 
as it were. So we're watching this very, very closely. Kirby said that's why the U.S. has moved naval forces to the eastern Mediterranean to send a, quote, very strong message of deterrence that the U.S. will not tolerate any attempts to take advantage of the situation in Israel. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Donald Trump's longtime finance chief, Alan Weisselberg, will be testifying today at Trump's fraud trial in New York. He served time behind bars for tax fraud. The New York State Attorney General's lawsuit claims that Weisselberg engineered Mr. Trump's financial statements to meet his demands that they show increases in his net worth and signed off on lofty valuations for assets despite appraisals to the contrary. The documents were given to banks, insurers, and others to make deals and secure loans. CBC's Chuck Sievertson, auto workers walking off the job at three GM plants in Canada early today after failing to reach an agreement with the automaker. The action coming after union workers in Canada did ratify a deal with Ford. You're listening to ABC News. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer. Dr. Meltzer, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, you have long encouraged us here on our show to pay more attention to what we eat and drink out of concern for our physical well-being. Uh, is there also mental health benefits as well, being more disciplined with our diets? There are, and, and um, researchers at Harvard recently found that eating ultra-processed food in particular is linked to increased risk for depression. In particular, what they found was an association between depression and consuming things like artificial sweeteners and artificially sweetened drinks in particular. Is there a sense of why artificially sweetened food and drinks seem to negatively impact our moods? You know, one of the theories is that these kinds of ultra-processed foods or additives, that one of the reasons they're linked to depression is that they actually disrupt our our gut's microbiome, sort of the natural state of our, our gastrointestinal tract. And believe it or not, the gut actually plays an important role in healthy cognitive function. So a disrupted my, microbiome there could actually have an adverse impact on our mood. So are you saying that we should stay completely away from diet sodas? You know, I think that would be unrealistic. I mean, processed foods, artificial sweeteners, they're really everywhere. It's almost impossible to avoid them. But I think being mindful of this information, try to consume them occasionally and, you know, commit to drinking more water and eating a healthy diet certainly is helpful not only for our body, but for our mind as well. Shifting back to the topic of physical health, the World Health Organization is suggesting we could all do a lot better with the way we manage a very common medical condition that folks just don't seem to take seriously enough. What is that condition? It's high blood pressure, which we also call hypertension, which, you know, if left untreated, can lead to more serious conditions such as kidney failure, heart failure, stroke, and heart attack. So just how common is it? Hypertension is extremely common. It affects you know, nearly 120 million adults just in the United States and about one in three adults around the world. Um, yet, alarmingly, the World Health Organization notes that four out of five people with hypertension do not receive or adhere to appropriate treatment. And why is that? I think there are a few reasons. I mean, people in general tend to be reluctant to make the needed lifestyle changes that, that are required for things like hypertension, whether that's diet, exercise, sleep, or stress management. 
then there can be a medication challenge. If we don't feel the symptoms necessarily, we sometimes feel like we don't need the medication. And then there's the reality that many people around the world, including in the United States, just act, lack access to adequate health care. So paying attention to and avoiding and better managing hypertension really can save lives. That is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Dan Meltzer, thanks for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thank you. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Israel continuing to bombard Gaza. More airstrikes overnight and the possibility of escalation following the weekend surprise attack that left hundreds dead. ABC World News anchor David Muir is in Tel Aviv. The numbers here in Israel are just staggering. More than 900 dead. But the toll there in Gaza rising as well. More than 700 dead. And other concern here, the activity on the Lebanon border now with Israel as well. Real concern over Hezbollah and whether or not this could potentially become a wider conflict here. National Security Spokesman John Kirby confirming at least 11 Americans were killed in the conflict. We're preparing for the very distinct possibility that there will be uh, more unfortunate, more death uh, from uh, for American citizens here. Uh, we also have a number of Americans we know are wounded and th- another number uh, which keeps changing uh, that are unaccounted for. The UN Health Agency says the medical supplies it had pre-positioned at seven Gaza hospitals have already been used up. With continuing coverage, I'm Sherry Preston, ABC News. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Throwing that out there this morning, we'll be discussing this through this morning as more and more people tune in and tune out. For those of you who are stuck in traffic this morning on I-84, thanks for the extra time listening. Unfortunately, you know, Mm. you you don't want to be stuck in traffic, but because of that accident a little bit earlier starting to get cleared up, we'll keep you updated. Yeah, it was like 5.30 a.m. and it was already two miles back to the- yeah luckily it was two miles back uh in between nampa and caldwell and not between nampa and meridian or uh you may be hosting this show by yourself so mm. far this morning um you can email us chris at kboi.com mike at kboi.com uh do you support united states involvement with the uh war between uh, israel and uh, hamas Just curious, taking your temperature <laughs> this morning. I mean, there's no right or wrong answers. It's it's just what do you and think? I've, this is two different wars we will be supporting if we... I mean, we're already saying we're going to support because Israel is one of our biggest allies. Of all the ways to take your temperature, this is one of the more polite. Uh, Kenny from CUNA writes in, text message, says, Morning, fellas. I don't think we need to put boots on the ground. They have a highly trained and very skilled military. We have tin cans sitting in the ocean if they need support, and I think that's what we need to do to be there for support and let Israel do their thing. That's Kenny in uh, CUNA. Mm-hmm. Now, we're just getting underway on this. I'm wondering what support will look like as this war rages on and as it gets more and more brutal um, Fox News political analyst Britt Hume said that the uh, Israelis' military response to this weekend's Hamas terrorist attacks grinds on. The increasing number of dead Palestinians will spur howls of outrage that will tis- test the West's resolve. Take a listen to this. I've covered you know, the Middle East for a long, long time and really haven't seen anything like this. No, we haven't, Brad, and the consequences are likely to be dire and long-lasting. For one thing, of course, we all believed or hoped, I guess, for so long that uh, what we needed was a two-state solution. 
But I think it's pretty clear now that the Palestinians, at least those who are running things in Gaza and elsewhere as well, especially in Iran, the Palestinian sympathizers, they don't want a two-state solution. The only two-state solution I'd accept would be the end of Israel. I think that's clear, and that means that whatever peace process we thought might be active or activated is out the window for now, certainly, and probably forever. The other thing I think that this conflict that's now raging is likely to be very bloody, very violent. It's going to last a while. Uh, victory, I think, will be secured, but at a frightful price on all sides. And don't discount the possibility that very soon indeed, uh, as the death count climbs and as you know, howls of outrage about alleged atrocities by the Israelis begin to mount, uh, that it'll be a test of the, of the countries in the West and particularly the United States as to whether this... Interesting take. Once again, that's uh, Britt Hume, who has covered wars yeah. in, in the Mideast in, in the past. But that's an interesting take. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll uh, continue to talk about this throughout the morning. We've got a lot of other stuff that we're going to be getting to, uh, in- include the uh, Speaker of the House. Can't do much of anything uh, about getting money to uh, Israel or support without a Speaker. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up right now. It's time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again, brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. In Major League Baseball, the Braves evened up their National League Division Series with Philadelphia at one game apiece with a 5-4 win in Atlanta. Austin Riley and Travis Darno each homered for the Braves and drove in two runs. The Diamondbacks topped the Dodgers 4-2 and hold a 2-0 lead in that series. Two American League Division Series games are on the schedule today. Houston and the Twins are tied at one game each. They play in Minnesota at 2 p.m. locally. And the Rangers lead the Orioles two games to none. They play at 6 p.m. in Arlington, Texas. Both games will be shown on Fox. Boise State Monday received two of the four Mountain West Player of the Week awards in football. Quarterback Maddox Madsen was named Freshman of the Week. Madsen was 9 of 16 for 155 yards and a touchdown, helping Boise State to a comeback 35-27 win over San Jose State. He threw an 83-yard touchdown pass to Eric McAllister in the second quarter. It's the second longest pass completion in the Mountain West this season. Sophomore punter James Ferguson Reynolds was named Special Teams Player of the Week, averaging 53.7 yards per punt against the Spartans, including a 71-yard punt, the longest in the conference so far this year, tied for fourth longest in the nation. The Offensive Player of the Week was Wyoming quarterback Andrew Peasley, and the Defensive Player was Safety Ike Larson of Utah State. That's sports. 670 AM and 93.1 FM. Casper and Chris. News Talk KBOI. That the stock market had a pretty big up day with everything that's going on in uh, Israel. And you've got the threat of inflation continuing. And are we starting to see? I, I, I just, it's weird to see this because I had seen stories that um, you were starting to see people flee to safety of the bond market. Yeah, so a couple things that we got to look at here. Yesterday was interesting where futures market when we spoke and then into the market open, you know, equities were down and about halfway through the trading session, um, they adjusted course and it was actually a, you know, relatively decent gain across the board. Now we did see some higher concentration in your air defense stocks, um, that were getting a bit of a bump, certainly in the energy sector as well, like Exxon and Chevron. That was a bit of a knee jerk reaction, in my opinion, but you also got to remember that there's a, there's a lot of money, a lot of 
of cash just sitting on the sidelines. So uh, bond market was closed yesterday, reopens, and we're seeing quite a bit of movement as far as investor funds going into U.S. Treasuries. And that is why we're seeing yields go. And this is the inverse relationship between price and yield. So when bond prices are going down, yield goes up. When bond prices go up, yield goes down. So we're seeing yields go down slightly, which means the price is going up. Investors appear to be, at least for now, looking for a bit of a safe haven, which again is U.S. Treasuries. Um, so we're seeing a bit of a movement there. Overall, if we're looking at the major indexes right now, it's relatively flat. Um, Dow Jones is up almost 100 points. So, uh, you know, I just investors right now are not seeing this this uh, conflict in the Middle East is um, really a, a concern. I mean, it really is going to come down to how long is this drug out? How and how much more involved other countries get? I mean, right now it's just it's kind of a wait and see approach in my opinion. And historically, when you're looking at these type of conflicts, those geopolitical conflicts, there's usually initial reaction in the markets and then it kind of, it, it stabilizes more. But now we are upon earnings season for the third quarter and that's where investors are going to keep their eyes. And Right now, we had Pepsi release their earnings uh, this morning, which I do find interesting. They did beat their earnings expectations. Shares are up close to 3%. Stock hasn't really fared that well this year. Um, it was down more than 10% going into Monday's close. But what I did find interesting is last week, you had Pepsi dropping about 5% on Thursday. And this was all around concerns of these uh, this uptick in these weight loss drugs to include Ozempic that basically you're going to have a majority of Americans on this weight loss drug. It's going to suppress their appetite and there isn't going to be a demand for these types of products. But that's clearly not the case, at least what's been reported in PepsiCo's earnings and what they what their forward outlook is. So again, um, I think investors are kind of looking past the conflict in Middle East right now, looking towards earnings. And we're going to have all major, not all major banks, but JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, they're going to report earnings on Friday. And that's where the attention is going to be. You also had a little bit of Fed speak going on yesterday. You had members of our central bank alluding to maybe we are looking at rate uh, pauses. We're not going to see another rate hike. And that that is kind of boding well for the markets as well. All right. Looking uh, ahead here, it looks like uh, Dow at least is going to be opening to the uh, upside in a few minutes. We'll uh, get your updates throughout the day. Talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jens. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 741. We'll get back to more of your phone calls and emails. This is something we're going to discuss throughout the morning. Your support on whether or not the U.S. should continue to support Israel. How much do you think that support should be? Military weapons. Just money. No support at all because there are people in Congress even who are saying that we should not be supporting Israel. One of our allies. We'll talk more about that this morning. Get your input. You can email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. One of the things I did want to talk about this morning on a little lighter note um, has to do with Monday Night Football. And I guess uh, so far this year, I usually remember that Monday Night Football is on um, into the game, well into the game. (laughs) Uh, My brother, who is uh, visiting from North Idaho, was over. So we were watching the uh, beginning from the beginning of the football game uh, last night for Monday Night Football. What I did not realize was that they had a new theme song this year for Monday Night Football, and they started playing. I had to go back and listen to this over and over last night because I was so blown away. Love Chris Stapleton and his voice, uh, but Snoop Dogg and Chris Stapleton have uh, teamed up and redone 
one of my favorite all-time songs in the world, and that's the new theme for Monday Night Football this year. I got goosebumps just listening to it again. Wow, I was blown away by that song uh, last night. Fantastic job. And like I said, uh, just in watching the beginning, I had to rewind it two or three times. Um, that, that Phil Collins song is just one of my favorite songs of all time. And man, Chris Stapleton and Snoop Dogg just blew it away. I had the sound down when that was on, but it looked cool. <laughs> the video, yeah, the, the video even looks cool. And like I you intersperse the, uh, you know, the announcers uh, talking about Monday Night Football and yeah. the excitement that they have. And it's just, it's just really, really cool. Uh, 208-336-3700, on your Verizon Wireless. Still on the way for you this morning. Another chance. Freedom Brewfest uh, tickets coming up. It's going on Saturday at Indian Creek Plaza, 1 until 6 o'clock. Uh, if you like beer, we got a chance for you to sample uh, over 30 different beers. There's hard... Uh, ciders, there's wine, live music, there's food all going on. $70 worth of tickets. We'll give you another chance to text and win with those tickets. Tell you how coming up here shortly. Right now uh, there is other sports going on. Time for a uh, final update on sports. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go when you want breakfast, lunch, or maybe you want breakfast during lunch. They can do that. A lot of places, you know, stop serving lunch at 11 o'clock in the morning. Not Pork Belly. You can get lunch all day while they are open at Pork Belly in downtown Cuna. In the NFL, the Raiders on Monday Night Football stopped their three-game losing streak, defeating the Packers 17-13. Las Vegas intercepted Green Bay quarterback Jordan Love three times, including a pick in the end zone by defensive back Amick Robertson in the game's final minute. Both the Raiders and Packers are now 2-3. and three. Next up in the NFL, the Denver Broncos play at Kansas City Thursday at 6 p.m. The game will be televised on Amazon Prime. <laughs> How ugly is that going to be? Boise State sophomore Bella McGurr has been named this week's Mountain West Volleyball Defensive Player of the Week for the week ending October 8th. It is the, or she, it is the uh, first Player of the Week honor for McGurr, first time. It's the second Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week award for the Broncos this season. Sophomore Brianna Mitchell won for the week ending September 17th. 
in wins over Fresno State and Nevada. McGurr averaged 15.5 digs per match. Boise State tonight will host Utah State at 7 p.m. at Bronco Gym at Sports. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. candidate for president of the United States. So uh, Joe Biden's nightmare election a, uh, officially came true yesterday. A lovely speaking voice. Uh, he needs to quit smoking, doesn't he? Perhaps. I don't know what... <laughs> I'm joking there because I don't know if that's the uh, reason, but man, yeah, his voice, a and any time you listen to him a little on the speak, raspy he's, side, yeah. he's, and he's like that all the time. Robert uh, F. Kennedy Jr. announced yesterday afternoon that he is running for president of the United States on a third-party ticket as an independent. He spoke about disenfranchised Americans, saying 80% of our country cannot afford a middle-class lifestyle. He said Americans are tired of culture wars, are ready to take back power. They are ready to reclaim their freedom and independence. Kennedy uh, is an environmental lawyer. He uh, feels that the uh, Democratic National Committee is changing the rules to exclude his candidacy. So an independent run, he said, was the only way to go. Kennedy said that there is corruption in the leadership of both political parties and said he wants to rewrite the assumptions and change the habits of American politics. Now, we're still a long ways away from the election. We're over a year away. There's some thought that this might not only hurt Biden, but could also possibly Hurt Trump. I think it hurt Trump more than Biden. Except for the fact he's a Democrat. Uh, yeah, in name only. He's a registered Democrat. That's that's not in name only. He's a registered Democrat. However, he's running as an independent. Yeah, because the Democrats won't let him run as, as a Democratic oh, he, candidate for he, he president. Can, no, he can run. He can run all he wants. Well, they're not officially they're not letting gonna, him run. They're yeah. not going to give him any money. They're not going to give him money. They're not going to allow him to take part in any... Um, Debates. No, they think he is a crackpot. The last polling shows that there was about 7% of Democrats that don't think he's a crackpot and said that they would support him in the election against Joe Biden. So 93% as a Democrat. 93% of Democrats do then think he's a a crackpot. Here's what you're missing. If you lose 7% support in an election that is in a virtual tie... You lose the election. Well, how much support would uh, Trump lose in the same, though? No, no, no telling. They haven't done polling against, because he's, like I said, been a Democrat, runs as a Democrat, so they don't have to do polling on the primary uh, against him. I don't know if there will be polling coming up. My guess would be there would be polling now that he has officially announced that he's going to be running as a third-party candidate within the next couple of weeks. We'll see polling both against uh, Biden and yeah. against Trump to see how viable a candidate he is and how much support he's not going to win there's no way he can win all this all this does 
is take away support That's from true. one or the other candidate. You'll say last time a third party uh, candidate won for president was uh, I mean, never. <laughs> How far back are you going? <laughs> Before we were a country? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ross Perot had the best showing, and even he didn't come close. I said that one time, and somebody said, Ah, oh, you're forgetting all about the Whigs. No, the Whigs preceded the Republicans. So they, there weren't Democrats and Republicans uh, when the Whigs won, won. They were just Democrats and Whigs. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. we got news coming up here uh, next. We'll get back to some of your phone calls, emails. You can email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. You can also uh, text us once again on the Stinker of a Pool and Spa text line 208-336-3700. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 806-208-336-3700. Toll free 1-800-529-5264. Wherever you might be listening this morning, if you want to be a part of the show, you can also email Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com, or Texas, Snake River Pool and Spot text line. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. It has not been a uh, good few months for the Boise School District. Last week, of course, uh, we talked and had on air the uh, suspended teacher, Laura Bolton, to give her side of the uh, story. And uh, apparently yesterday there were thoughts from people who send their children to Timberline High School, uh, also by Laura Bolton, the teacher that is suspended, that there would be questions addressed in the school board meeting last night. And uh, Boise School District sent this out to the press yesterday afternoon. We want to address questions that have surfaced about whether tonight's meeting at the Boise School Board will address Personnel matter of Timberline High School math teacher Laura Bolton. The short answer is no. Boise School District has extensive and comprehensive process in accordance with applicable laws, procedures, and policies when it comes to addressing such personnel matters. Matters Currently, Ms. Bolton is on paid administrative leave pending an investigation which is currently underway. We are aware that Ms. Bolton is incorrectly claiming that the board meeting agenda will include her personnel matter again. We want to be clear that her status with the Boise School District is not and has never been on the Boise School Board's agenda for tonight's meeting, which is scheduled at 6 p.m. She she would like to be able to discuss it, as she did on this program, in front of the public and, you know, put her case out there and let people uh, comment uh, about what they think about it. And the school board or the school board, the school district simply says, you know, we don't discuss this stuff in public. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And they they claim it's a it's a personnel matter, mm-hmm. and they never make comments, you know, because of privacy concerns. Even though even on our show, and she has made this uh, on social media posts, it's like I give you permission to yeah post but any and all of my personal. They don't care if you waived your yeah, right to privacy; not. they're going to give it to you anyway. Yeah, um, this is just some of the problems. Federal lawsuit has accused Boise School District former principal of negligence and failing to report abuse. Um, This was a lawsuit uh, filed last week by the parents of a minor student accusing the Boise School District, Fairmont Junior High School, and then principal Christopher Ryan of failing to investigate and report complaints regarding Scott Crandall's abuse and potential abuse of grooming minors, including their daughter, to law enforcement authorities of the Department of Health and Welfare. 
Scott Crandall was a school social worker at Fairmont Junior High School. Court records obtained by Idaho News 6 state that Crandall died by suicide in December of 2022, one day after police seized his cell phone during a traffic stop. Documents say Boise police began investigating after a tip was submitted to Crime Stoppers on December 8th that said, quoting here, a school social worker, Scott Crandall, having an inappropriate sexual relationship with a 14-year-old student. This is happening at Fairmont Junior High School in Boise. I want to be clear that I do not know if this is a sexual relationship, but we are concerned it is and want law enforcement to investigate, unquote. Public records show uh, also show more than one active lawsuit against Ryan and the Boise School District. In response, filed in a separate lawsuit in August involving another minor student, the Boise School District and Christopher Ryan formally denied all accusations made against them. All parties have requested jury trials. The lawsuit claims Crandall engaged in predatory sexual abusive acts towards students while working as a school social worker and manipulated and groomed students, including their daughter, for his sexual gratification to harm and uh, detriment of their daughter's health and well-being, unquote. So the police pulled him over, they confiscated his cell phone, and he killed himself. Mm -hmm. Now you can infer what you want on that, as I'm sure a lot of people have. But this has not gone to trial as of yet. Latest lawsuit accuses Ryan, who is the former principal, of being aware of complaints involving Crandall's inappropriate behavior with another student on school property. Yet Principal Ryan did not remove Crandall from Fairmont Junior High. He did not confront Crandall about his behavior, nor did he take appropriate steps to assure that Crandall had no contact with their daughter. That's their claim. Now, this isn't the first time sexual abuse allegations have surfaced involving staff at Fairmont Junior High, which once again is part of the Boise School District. In April, teacher and basketball coach Eric McDermott was arrested and accused of raping a teenage student and ultimately pled guilty to sexual battery on a minor for a 2020 incident involving a teenager. McDermott is currently serving a 7- to 20-year prison sentence. Mm. Hmm. Um, Yeah, and it's not the first time that Anybody in the administration has ever been accused of, you know, getting something reported and then doing nothing about it. Because, I mean, pretty much everything they do is behind the scenes. You don't know what they did about it anyway. Yeah. And that, quite frankly, um, were the claims last week when we had Laura Bolton and the unnamed parent and former student graduated earlier this year um, said the same thing about the Boise School District that they reported it. And as far as they were concerned, nothing was ever done about right. anything that they ever reported. Part of that was because the behavior they reported continued. I don't think this investigation or this story is going to uh, end anytime soon. Um, I'm currently, for whatever reason, have been included on various um, email strings between the school and Laura Bolton and her husband. Uh, about wanting to be heard at school board meetings and the school basically saying, no, this will never happen in a school board meeting. Kind of surprising because their attitude seems to be, we'll take care of this when we're all ready to do it. And in the meantime, you just, you know, keep getting yeah suspended with pay. And it seems like it's like, and we'll we'll do the investigation and we're not going to tell you what's going on. Even though you're a part of the investigation. Yeah. 
So you can see the frustration, I guess. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Just wanted to give you an update on that story, like I said, that we've been following along for a little while. Uh, KBY News Time is 8.13. Time to uh, take a break uh, for sports once again. Don't go anywhere when we come back. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Bistro. If you can answer our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. That's coming up right after Bronco Sports today. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Uh, check out Lone Star Ranch Autumn Home Showcase. It's going on Saturday and Sunday in Nampa for details, how to find it, uh, all the prizes that'll be up for grabs. Go to justimagineidaho.com. Trish is going to get first crack at her question to try to get the, a $50 gift certificate to Deja Vu Bistro in uh, downtown Meridian. Uh, Trish, obviously, uh, you're a woman. Were uh, did you did you grow up in Middle America? I did not. I okay. did not. All right. I thought maybe you were a part of this, but we'll see here if you know the answer. If you are a woman born between 1941 and 1996, and you grew up in Middle America, how many times have you been named the Time Magazine Person of the Year? We just need to know the total number of times. Four. Four times is correct. Hey. Nice job. Yeah. So here's here's how you add it up. They gave it to baby boomers in 1966. So that would be all baby boomers included mm-hmm. women, right? Uh, they gave it to middle America, middle Americans in 1969. In 1975, they awarded the Time Person uh, Magazine or the Time Magazine Person of the Year to American women. <laughs> and then in 2006, they awarded it to you. Not not you personally, just Trish, just you in general. You, as in if you're looking at this magazine, it's you. It's you. You're the, you're the person of the year. So, yes, four times. Congratulations. So you're a lot more famous than you knew you were, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you've, you've been uh, Time Magazine's person of the year way more than Chris and I. Yeah. Um, so, congratulations. Well, we qualify for you, but that's about it. I identify as a female born... Um, you know, in between 1941 and 1966. Well, so. te- technically, you're also a baby boomer. Yeah. So I fit I fit into this perfectly. Even though I wasn't born in the uh, Midwest. And, you're, one uh, of the, you're one of the youngest baby boomers, but you are a baby mm-hmm. boomer. I am. I am. Hey, congratulations. Hold on the line. We'll get some information from you. Don't worry. Uh, for those of you who are trying to win this morning, um, it's not the last time. We'll have Deja Brew Bistro gift certificates to give away all this week. Still on the way for you this morning, uh, Freedom Brewfest tickets. Give you a chance to text and win. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour again this morning, we'll give you a chance to uh, text. We'll give you all the details coming up just after 9 o'clock. Freedom Brewfest is going on this coming Saturday in uh, Indian Creek uh, Plaza. And you can be a part of it. Uh, we'll tell you how to win, get all the details, and give away those tickets sometime in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll take a break here when we come back. It's Bronco Tuesday, where we talk about the other sports at Boise State University. Bob Beeler will be with us after news. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler. 
on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. It is 837, and yes, Bob Beeler back with us uh, once again this morning, and today we are going to be talking softball. And we are pleased to welcome the Mountain West Coach of the Year, Justin Schultz, getting set to head into his third season. Justin, thanks for just for joining us this morning. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, tell us, first of all, what, what you guys are looking to accomplish this fall, like like... Unlike some sports, you guys are allowed to play against other schools in the fall, and you're heading over to uh, Eugene this weekend, Oregon, Oregon State, a couple other schools are involved. So tell us a little bit about what your fall season is trying to accomplish. Yeah, our fall season, uh, we get a good mix of in-state uh, rivalries um, with NNU, C of I, CSI, um, and then we go, we try to find a way to play some Pac-12 schools every year. And it's really, uh, the fall is all about development and, and getting information for our team to see where we're at. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing when we go to Oregon, play Oregon, Western Washington, Oregon State. It's, it's okay, where are we at today? And where do we need to improve to go where we want to go uh, come May? It's interesting. Um, want to get your take because you get to, uh, unlike other sports, play competitively against uh, other schools. Um, do you like that, or would you rather have you know just a chance to practice and do like other sports, or is this a good thing for you? Oh, I love it. It's a, I think it's a real positive, especially if you go in with it or into it with the right mindset. Um, it allows us to wear the uniform, go and play somebody else, get some of those jitters out that you may not get in some of the other sports. Um, and so we get to play all 27 of our athletes in these games and, and really get to see, okay, um, who's going to earn their positions and kind of set the starting lineup for us come February. In the spring, you set attendance records for people coming to the games. So what are the games like? Uh, for uh, What are the crowds like at the games? For the fall games? Uh, I was actually, yeah, I was very surprised uh, to see the support we got in the fall with all the events going on this past weekend. I think we had over four to 500 people at our Sunday game against uh, College of Idaho um, two days ago. And so it's, it's really cool to see the support and the, and the growth of softball in general. Today you've got one at home. If somebody's looking to get out of work early and wants to take in a game, 2 o'clock today, against CSI. Why don't you talk a little bit about the roster you have? Who are some of the names that are coming back this year that folks will remember, and who are some of the new names we need to pay attention to? Yeah, I think uh, three three names pop up immediately when people, when fans are going to be like, okay, those those were for sure marquee players from our last year's team. We've got Taylor Cottle back in the circle, who I thought was um, runner-up to pitcher of the year in the conference uh, last year. She'll be getting the bulk of our innings as well. Um, this year we've got uh, the local kid Sydney Groves, who had a heck of a first uh, of a freshman year. Um, we're expecting bigger things from her. She's moved across the diamond now, played a lot of first base last year, but we've moved her over to third, um, and she's had a really good start to her fall cam- or her fall sophomore campaign. Um, and then Jordan Hutchins been a three year starter for us in left field. Um, she's back, and uh, we're expecting her to hold down the middle of the order. I know um, on paper we lost um, some RBIs and some runs scored, but I really do like our uh, returning core. And then um, with adding transfers and freshmen, I think we're in a really, really good spot to repeat. What is the uh, makeup of the uh, team this year? Um, You know, with the people that you lost, people that you're bringing in, is this uh, a younger team, more veteran team, or is it a good mix? Yeah, it's going to be a combo. We added added a few veteran transfers, um, uh, four fifth-year seniors, uh, one from Arkansas who will be in the circle. Um, probably replacing the innings that uh, Lindsey Wall Jasper had last year for us. 
Um, we have somebody who's going to hopefully hit for some power in the middle of our order, and then we have a catcher as well um, that we added. But then we also have a really talented freshman class. So I think you're going to see a combo of some freshmen starting, some fifth years playing, and then obviously the, the familiar faces that we had. I think we got six returning starters back in our lineup. When during the year do you do most of your recruiting? Uh, it's year-round. We actually, um, I don't know how much I can say, but we just had some success this last weekend, locked in three of our four recruits that came to campus. Um, and so we're really excited about what the future holds for this program. Our 2024 class is um, extremely talented, and then now our 25 class is off to a really good start. We're gonna be vis- um, but it's, it's a year-round thing. We're going to be visiting with your senior pitcher, Taylor, Taylor Cottle, in just a moment. Tell us a little bit about her. Nice to have Somebody that uh, won 15 games last year and uh, threw out almost a strikeout per inning last season. Yeah, we expect bigger things from Taylor. I think she last year um, she got to pitch a lot of our tougher games, a lot of a lot of top 25 opponents she got to face, uh, and she got to learn a lot about herself. I think she did a really good job getting better and better, and um, her maturity level since coming back this this fall is just um, is she's on a she's just on a different path right now, and I really really like where she's at. And I expect um, her to be even stronger this year for us. Uh, Justin, just one real quick question before I let you go here this morning. Um, what do you believe are the chances that you'll be hosting the Mountain West Tournament this spring? Uh, we will be hosting the Mountain West Tournament. <laughs> we will. Uh, Jeremiah has been very uh, vocal about it. We are going to figure out a way to make it happen in time to uh, get those lights up and um, and bring a championship uh, tournament to Boise for softball for the first time. So the process is already underway. It, it is it is moving, and we've got a lot of contingency plans just in case, but um, I'm, I'm confident we will be hosting it the uh, second week of May. All right. That's awesome. Justin, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Uh, continued success this fall, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you in the spring uh, as you get underway with the regular season. Appreciate it. All right. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Now. Back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos. News Talk, KBOI. 8.45, once again, Bob Beeler with us. It is Bronco Tuesday talking about other Olympic sports. And this week, we are talking softball. Yes, we are. A team defending regular season champions in the Mountain West. And joining us is their top pitcher, Taylor Cottle. Taylor, thank you for visiting with us today. Thanks for having me. All right, Taylor, last year, great season. You won 15 games. You were all Mountain West Conference Tournament. You were all Mountain West as far as the regular season goes. Coach, we just had him on and said uh, you, you're improved, you're better. So kind of give us a little scouting report. Uh, where do you think you're going to be better this season? Um, I think I've gained a lot of confidence in the circle. Last year definitely helped build me up and kind of continuing into this season, into this year, being able to know that I'm worthy of being in that circle and worthy of going against these tough opponents that we're going to face. And, yeah, I think the confidence aspect is going to be a really big part of this year. In the fall, when you're playing games that really don't matter, do you work on pitches? Do you try things maybe that you wouldn't try in the regular season? Yeah, of course. And, I mean, as far as whether or not they matter, I guess for record it doesn't, but these games are probably one of the most beneficial ones we're going to play because it allows us to play so freely and loosely. And it really is such a process game in the fall rather than results oriented. And yeah, it allows us to like me, I get to work even more on my rise and on my change and placing all these pitches everywhere in the zone, 
our hitters are more free with their approaches and with their swings, and these games are probably one of the most helpful times for us. Um, you've had 15 wins in each of the last two seasons, 147 strikeouts in 154 innings, which is just absolutely amazing. Um, as, as you set goals and you're looking forward to uh, this year, what are some of the things that you can do to improve? Because, I mean, that's pretty darn good starting right there. How do you improve? Is there a way to get even more speed, you know, on your pitches and things like that in the off season and during fall ball? Mm-hmm. Off, yeah, off season is really big about gaining the strength and gaining the power that we need for spring, for season, and our weight room we, and conditioning. We do such a great job of pushing ourselves each and every day new PRs, new weights, everything like that. And as far as improvement goes, you can really just try to attack the zone even more. I think that qualities of the best pitchers are ones that move the ball through the zone. And if I can get to a point where I trust the movement of all of my pitches and working through the zone, then we'll be in an even better spot this year. What What is the best tip you've ever uh, heard or received from uh, maybe a coach or another player about pitching? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the biggest one that I've heard, again, this is really more a mental game than physical game at times, and it's the fact that I have to trust my stuff more than I realize. And at times, you know, you can overwork your pitches, you can overthrow your pitches because you're trying too hard. And the best tip that I've gotten, especially from Coach Alley and, you know, reassurance from my teammates is that, I have to trust that my stuff is good. I have to trust that I'm worthy of it. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest one is that mental aspect. We're visiting with Boise State softball senior pitcher Taylor Cottle. Taylor, when you look back when you got here as a freshman to now, where do you think you've made your biggest strides? If we took side by side and looked at you, you know, pitching to to various hitters, how would you be different and how would you be better? I've definitely grown to be a pitcher that attacks batters more so. I think you were to look back at my freshman year, you'd see a lot of those crazy pitches. You'd see a more tentative type of pitcher in the circle. And now I've kind of, Coach Schultz always calls me like a bulldog in the circle. And I really don't care who's in the, who's in the batter's box. I'm working to attack them. I'm working to throw my best pitch and having that mindset that they can't beat me. And not to mention, I've definitely gotten stronger in the weight room. I've pushed myself these past three years, and these coaches have helped so much to push all of the girls on the team to be the better version of themselves that, you know, everybody expects us to be. Taylor, how many different pitches do you uh, throw? Uh, Okay. I have my rise and I can throw my rise to any heights, any place on there. So I'll just say that's two pitches right there. Um, Curve on both sides of the plate, change up. I just, I got a screwball last year, and that was really helpful with uh, changing the batter's eyesight within their at-bat. So I would say about four or five pitches that I can move throughout any part of the zone. And what is your best pitch? My rise. Your rise? Can you, Bread and butter. I love it. <laughs> you're not working on a knuckleball? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, probably not. I mean... <laughs> I trust my change up enough right now to get swings and misses, but hey, who knows? If I need a knuckleball here and there, I'll I'll pick one up quick. <laughs> well, we'll we'll finish up Taylor by talking about you. You're from Mission Viejo, California. How did you get to Boise State, and uh, sort of what you're majoring in, and what does post softball look for you? 
Yeah. Um, so I committed to Boise State under the previous coaches, and I really just fell in love with the city and with the atmosphere that you feel when you're in Boise, when you're on campus, and it really is such a college town, and everybody is bleeding blue wherever you go. And I absolutely fell in love with that from the moment I stepped on campus. And I am currently an international business major with a minor in marketing. And my plan post-graduation here is I want to get my MBA. So I'm starting that whole application process. I'm starting to take uh, GMAT prep courses and starting that whole route and getting into the business world. One more, one more question before we let you go here this morning. Um, you had a wildly successful, I'm talking uh, as a team and also yourself last year. Uh, what do you see uh, for this team this upcoming season once you get fall and back into the spring and actually playing for uh, what counts as your record? I'm very excited about this upcoming team, and we've had a lot of incoming talent, both veterans and freshmen, and it's really exciting to see all the work that's being put in because you can see those glimpses of exactly what this team's going to look like in season. And we've talked a lot as a team and we've talked about how we can feel the difference. We can feel the culture shift. We can feel how close we are to each other and how that is making such a big difference in how we play on the field. And I really do believe we have a strong shot of repeating this year. And this is probably going to be the best team to do it. Taylor, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes with us this morning. Continued success as you work on your game throughout the fall, and I'm sure we'll talk to you coming up in the spring when the regular season gets underway. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you, guys. KBY News Time is 8.53. We'll take a quick break here when we come back. Uh, more with Bob and what's coming up this week. Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. President Biden preparing to address the nation in a few hours on the situation in Israel. The violence escalating, the death toll at least 1,600 on both sides. And as ABC's Matt Gutman reports from a town along the Gaza border, fears of a ground assault are growing. 300,000 Israeli reservists flooding the fields around Gaza. It's the largest and quickest call-up in Israel's history. Armored personnel carriers cutting through the dust to the border with Gaza. Roads clogged with tank carriers. Reservists huddled at gas stations. Israeli military telling me the immediate goal to strip Hamas of military capabilities. At least 11 Americans among the hostages and, says National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. We're preparing for the very distinct possibility that there will be uh, more unfortunate, more death uh, from uh, for American citizens here. Uh, we also have a number of Americans we know are wounded and that another number uh, which keeps changing uh, that are unaccounted for. With continuing coverage, Israel at war. Sherry Preston, ABC News. Started talking about this earlier this morning. Uh, gonna let you, uh, weigh in here. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email Chris at KBOI and Mike at KBOI.com. Um, support for, uh, Israel. What do you think? There's no right or wrong answer here. Just, uh, curious what our listeners think. Uh, military support? Monetary support? Both? Boots on the ground? Or no support at all. Now, if you're wondering why I'm asking no support at all, because there are congressional members that don't think we should be supporting Israel in any way, shape, or form. So I want to get your thoughts this morning. Um, they're laying out that this could 
possibly be a uh, long and bloody war. And I know as you hear that, you go, well, wait a minute. All wars are, are bloody. We've we've seen what's been going on with Ukraine and Russia for the past over a year and a half. That's a bloody war. All wars are bloody. However, the atrocities uh, atrocities that you're going to see in this war and that you have already seen, you, you don't see in most wars. Children getting shot in the back as they try to run away. People yeah. beheaded. I mean, as strange as it may seem, there are rules in war that have essentially been agreed to by, for the most part, the entire world, with a few exceptions. And that's why, you know, we have uh, the Hague, places like that, where people are tried as war criminals because there are war crimes. Like, you know, the, what's the old thing about uh, if somebody's a prisoner of war, the only thing they have to say is their their name, their rank, and their serial number. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to give anything else because that's your right under the rules of war. You don't see the same in this particular instance. And I also bring this up, how much do you, how much will you if you say you support Israel right now and maybe you don't support boots on the ground from the United States, but you support um through military um equipment, ammunition, monetary support, you support all that, um you, you have a couple of questions here because uh we don't have near as much weapons ammunition in our military cupboard as we did two years ago before the Russia-Ukraine war started. We've been sending a lot of military equipment. I mean, this was not a planned thing. We had no idea. Israel had no idea through their intelligence community that, that this attack was going to happen. The United States didn't know that this attack was going to happen. So now you have to figure out how much money and it's going to cost you know billions again if you're going to support war on two fronts the other thing it seems like and some people are saying that israel is preparing the western world for how bloody and savage that this could get and and they are not just talking about what hamas is doing but the retaliation from israel could be just as savage when they start taking their retribution. No, it more than likely will be. I mean, they're, uh, you know, the way they've been talking, especially the, uh, the military officers that have been uh, interviewed on television, it's an eye for an eye. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, more like, uh, you know, two eyes for an eye. And that's the type of thing that you don't see in other wars. You don't see that going on in the Ukraine Russia war and as you as, as you just mentioned you know as you I'm glad you said it too as weird as it seems there are rules when it comes to war it's just not for the most part all out do whatever you want to do to the other person no matter how heinous how horrible it is take a listen uh, to Fox News chief political uh, analyst Brit Hume yesterday uh, talking about Israeli's military response and what he thinks uh, this war is going to be going forward. Take a listen. After this, this weekend, you and I have covered you know, the Middle East for a long, long time and really haven't seen anything like this. No, we haven't, Brad, and the consequences are likely to be dire and long-lasting. For one thing, of course, we all believed or hoped, I guess, 
for so long that uh, what we needed was a two-state solution. But I think it's pretty clear now that the Palestinians, at least those who are running things in Gaza and elsewhere as well, especially in Iran, as Palestinian sympathizers, they don't want a two-state solution. The only two-state solution I'd accept would be the end of Israel. I think that's clear, and that means that whatever peace process we thought might be active or activated is out the window for now, certainly, and probably forever. The other thing I think that this conflict that's now raging is likely to be very bloody, very violent. It's going to last a while. Uh, victory, I think, will be secured, but at a frightful price on all sides. And don't discount the possibility that very soon indeed, uh, as the death count climbs and as you know, howls of outrage about alleged atrocities by the Israelis begin to mount, uh, that will be a test of the, of the countries in the West and particularly the United States as to whether to stand by Israel in the face of that. You heard it there. He's covered a lot of these uh, wars in the Mideast. Uh, and we've heard about the atrocities. We've seen, uh, some people have seen the videos um, of some of the things that have already happened caused by uh, Hamas. But if Israel comes back and does the same exact thing, do you do you cry about the outrage of the atrocities that uh, Hamas is, is doing, but look the other way when Israel does the same exact thing in retaliation? Oh, I, th- I think that's where you come up with an argument like, hey, they started it. <laughs> Uh, Ella writes in and says Hamas has stressed in its charter that its goal is to kill all Israelis and destroy Israel in the name of Islamic Jihad. These massacres, taking women and children hostage, cannot be justified by the humanitarian conditions in Gaza. These are not the desperate acts of desperate individuals. This is a long-planned attack carried out by an organization hell-bent on destroying Israel. This is no war between the oppressed and the oppressor. Their main target for years is killing Israelis and the total destruction of the state of Israel. This is a radical Islamic ISIS-like organization. The humanitarian crisis in Gaza is caused mainly by Hamas, and its victims are Palestinians living in Gaza. One must understand there is no room for peace talks with an ISIS-like terror organization that doesn't recognize your existence and acts in the name of jihad, not freedom-fighting, an Islamic jihad. I think there were some last night who were commenting that, uh, especially those who are more pro-Palestinian, who said that they're just freedom fighters, uh, you know, trying to uh, take down their oppressors. And uh, Ella's saying, no, that's not what they are. And, and I would ask you, too, because I, I, I can't tell in reading between the lines, so do you support, it sounds like you do, but I, want, I don't want to put words in your mouth, do you support U.S., support in one in some way shape or form whether that's military and ammunition whether that is just monetary support or boots on the ground i mean we're very close to possibly having boots on the ground mm-hmm. if cory booker who was there when the bombings first started had been taken hostage and killed you, you don't think that there would have been a United States response militarily? Hell yes. Because he, he was there. He was in harm's way, uh, a U.S. senator. There have been 11 Americans already who have been confirmed dead. What happens? Uh, supposedly, there are a number that they don't know for sure that have been taken hostage. What if Hamas takes a U.S. hostage 
and executes them, beheads them on national television. Is the United States going to get involved in a war if that happens? Would you support the United States then? I mean, so far, U.S. or the uh, Russia and uh, Ukraine war, it's just been monetary and military yeah. support. Bill B. writes in and says, Hamas slaughters 40 babies and kids in one town with some beheaded. This is Hitler-level evil. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Just trying to take uh, the temperature of our listeners today and what you think as this war is getting underway, sounding like it's not going to be something that's going to be easily put an end to in a short amount of time. How much support are you willing, as an American, to give? Because it's your taxpayer dollars. It could be your sons and daughters if this ends up being boots-on-the-ground situation that would be going into the Middle East to fight this war. How much would you support? Go ahead and give us a call. Let us know. Or you can email Chris KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, by the way, as we go to break, just want to let you know, we promised you Freedom Brewfest tickets. You have 45 minutes to text I like beer to 208 336 3700. Uh, we've got Freedom Brewfest tickets. $70 value, by the way, is uh, what the tickets are worth. Um, it gets you 30 different uh, brews that you can sample. You've got uh, hard ciders. You've got wine and food, live music, all going on in Caldwell at Indian Creek Plaza this week. You've got a pair of tickets absolutely free. Somebody is going to win those. We'll pick one at random from everybody who texts us at 208-336-3700. Just text, I like beer. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, you can email us too. Just taking uh, your, your feelings, your thoughts as the war is uh, underway, and uh, apparently we've been watching uh, all three of the channels. Um, each side is hammering each other uh, with intense rocket fire this morning. Uh, each side. Israel is firing off rockets, and right back, Hamas firing uh, back rockets. Uh, how much support should the United States be giving? Or if you don't think there should be any support, as some members in Congress um, especially the squad has come out and said that there should be a ceasefire and we shouldn't be supporting any type of military action whatsoever in Israel. Um, what do you think? These are just your thoughts. There's no right or wrong answers. Mike and Emmett listening on 93.1 uh, FM this morning. Good morning to you. Mike, are you there? Who's this? Mike, are you yeah, there? I'm here. Okay. Hey. Hey, what does it say in the Bible about this war? Do you know what it says? This is supposed to be the end of the war, right? It is? The end of the war? Or the end of the world? Well, you know what I mean. The end the of the end world? Of, well, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. So it why? In the Bible, the last war is supposed to be started over there. Do you think this is it? Yeah, um, like Armageddon. Hard to say, because how many wars have there been started go. over there? I mean, which, I which one was supposed to they be the end of the forever. world? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I was. Uh, that's what I was calling in to ask you what you thought. I don't. I don't necessarily think it is. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell at this point. It is interesting because um, that thought did go through my mind when I heard this was happening on uh, Saturday, 
However, I'm I'm with Chris. I mean, because you could you could have said that how many dozens of times exactly you yeah. know over the over the past fifty years. It's like right. oh, this is this is the beginning of the end of the world. The beginning of the end. That's what yeah. That's what I was calling to ask you what you thought about that. Somebody told me a, a couple of years ago that. Uh, the Antichrist has already been born and is living on this earth, and so I've been trying since then to narrow it down to who it is, and I've got it down to about 5,000 people. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, uh, just uh, just want to get an answer to our question. Um, just your thoughts, your opinion. How much support should the uh, U.S. be uh, giving to the Israeli government? I don't think we should be supporting anybody. I think we should be supporting our own country, our own people. So no support That's whatsoever? What None. All right. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, text message in at 208-336-3700. Uh, Snake River Pool and Spa texts. Uh, no, we do not need to get into another war. We should not be funding two different wars for people who do not pay our taxes. Another person who says we should not support Israel. Uh, another person writes in, I would hope some of the people who have been responding this morning might act like they're more knowledgeable of what is going on in the Middle East. Sorry, they seem to have no idea of what is happening. I am unable to write of the atrocities taking place right in front of our eyes. Once again, with your thoughts this morning, also answer the question, how much support? You, you, you talk about the atrocities. You talk about how horrible it is. It, it, does that mean you support boots on the ground? Should our military get involved? Or do you just want to support with money or possibly military equipment, ammunition? Uh, another text message, one American life does not equal more Americans dead if we get into this war. And I think they're talking about the fact that there are 11 confirmed Americans who are dead from the uh, initial attacks on Israel and the possibility not confirmed, but there are some that could have been taken into custody and are being held. And you've heard Hamas has said that for every building, whether it be a home, a house, a military building, a business building, they will kill one of the people that they have held hostage. Matthew, in Nampa, listening on 670 AM. Good morning. Actually, uh, I'll tell you morning, what, Ma- Matthew, I just looked at the clock. We're running a little bit late. Uh, I want to give you plenty of time to talk. Can you hold on with us through news? Uh, yes, sir. All right. I'm going to put you back on hold. Uh, phone lines. We've got phone lines open. Just uh, want to get your thoughts this morning uh, over the last part of the uh, hour. Your thoughts on how much support should the Americans be giving to the uh, war in Israel? Go ahead and weigh in. President Biden is going to speak later today. Might get some guidance on how much support that's going to be with uh, his speech later today. But right now, just asking your opinion. You can also email us, Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Some of my songs I have casually mentioned The fact that I like to drink beer This little song is more to the point Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears I like beer Freedom Brew Fest, if you like beer, come party with me This is coming Saturday, Indian Creek Plaza 1 until 6 
They've got live music, great food, raffles, thousands of dollars in uh, raffles in the past. They have even uh, raffled off things like shotguns, pistols, and other things like that. Uh, tickets are available online right now, $35 in advance, or you can win them uh, with us. A chance for you to get your tickets right now. you got about another 20 minutes to text, I like beer. To 208 336 3700. I'll choose uh, one person at random and you will get those uh, tickets to uh, join me. Proceeds support the local veterans, Caldwell community, 100% of the proceeds. So it's for a good cause. If you would like to get your tickets, you don't win them, you can go to freedombrewfest.com and then just make plans to uh, join us this coming Saturday from 1 until 6 o'clock at Indian Creek Plaza. Once again, text I like beer. That's it. 208-336-3700. To the phones, once again, taking your phone calls, your emails, uh, your thoughts today. How much support should the U.S. Full support? Military? Ammunition-wise? Is there more support that you think that you would support? This is one of the United States' biggest allies. It's one of our main allies. It's not like this is the Ukraine. Israel is uh, dem- uh, democracy. It's it's one of our big allies. Um, or is it no support whatsoever? You think they should fight their own battles here? Matthew, Nampa, listening on 670 AM. Your thoughts? Uh, how are you doing today, sir? So my belief is, uh, first, because it's such, it's such a fluid situation right now in the first uh Five days, I think our biggest thing we need to be doing right now is providing electronic warfare, triangulating uh, locations of uh, places where hostages are being held, uh, commu- uh, modern communications between the different cells of the Hamas groups. And once we've helped the Israeli defense forces find out the areas where hostages are kept, and then we could confirm that there's possibility of American hostages at those locations that's the only way i think we should have u.s boots on the ground to rescue just hostages at locations that israeli forces feel that they need big brother over there and then in the long term i think we should be the i think of israel as a scrappy younger brother you know with a black eye bloody nose (laughs) going up against a uh, the bully in the neighborhood and the United States as the big older brother with the arms crossed, just watching and making sure none of the bullies' friends try to uh, push the uh, little brother around. I think you have some good but, ideas there. I mean, it's it's not absolutely necessary uh, right away to you know put uh, troops in in uh, the line of fire without first doing what you suggested, which you know our our military has many capabilities when it comes to that sort of thing. However. Yeah, and and I bring this up because um, what was talked about on, on why the security uh, and intelligence community for both the United States and Israel, which by the way Israel has a very good uh, up until this point, you would have said intelligence community, except the fact they did not see this coming. Um, and part of the reason that they didn't see this coming is how do you go after? people who live in caves and don't use technology to communicate because they they feel that the reason why this was able to be kept a secret is because none of them were using technology. They weren't talking to each other on social media. They weren't using telephones. They weren't using texts or anything like that to intercept. You know, they, they were basically going back to the Stone Age 
to communicate, and that's why the intelligence community, which uses technology to to find some of this stuff that's going on, um, was so soundly, you know, fooled. Right. You can't uh, intercept uh, something written on a piece of paper unless you get it from a courier. Uh, Another text message. Those of us that are of Jewish descent, we are worried. As a boy, my parents had to explain uh, to me my grandpa's number tattoo, and I always figured it would just be a history lesson in my life. Now I wonder if a distant memory will rear its ugly head in my life again. I think there are a lot of people that are concerned about that. One of the things that's um, not come up a lot as of yet, but I think you're going to see a little bit more on this. Um, It's interesting because a lot of people are saying, well, it hasn't been confirmed that Iran is behind the attack, except for the fact that Iran has supported Hamas for decades. And I bring this up because of something that happened uh, a month ago. And this is a clip from CNN. I want you to take a listen to this. This is a a clip from CNN. This is before anything has happened. And and it's about the prisoner exchange that we did with Iran to get prisoners back, to give them their prisoners. And we released $6 billion in frozen funds to Iran. Take a listen. You insist the Iranian regime won't touch the $6 billion of Iranian funds being unfrozen. But isn't it true that this frees Tehran up to spend more on other nefarious goals like supporting terrorism and boosting its nuclear program? Well, to the degree that they continue destabilizing activities, and, and it's, you know, I can't predict what they'll do going forward here, uh, but we are already... Uh, have pressure in place on, on Iran, both through sanctions and through mi- our military presence in the Gulf region. We won't hesitate to take additional actions as we see further destabilizing activity by Iran. But- Critics say it frees up other funds for Iran to finance terrorism. The exiled son of Iran's last Shah calling history the best guide. We saw what happened to the money that was released to the Iranian regime under the Obama administration. It went to further finance the regime's proxies in Syria and Lebanon. Is that possibly what has happened here? Lisa. A month ago. Of Boise writes in, she says, people keep complaining that the money we released to Iran is being used to fund all of this. That $6 billion is still in a bank in Qatar and is being monitored uh, monitored by the U.S. And not a penny of it has been withdrawn yet. Here's the problem with that. And this is pointed out um, by various experts. Um, that money is can only be used for humanitarian purposes, you know, feeding their people or whatever. But what it does allow you to do that six million that six billion dollars is fungible. They can only use it for humanitarian purposes. But what it does is it frees up six billion dollars that you may have had to use elsewhere to use that money on to feed your people. Where now you don't have to use that money. You can use it on terrorist activities. Your own six billion dollars. You don't have to take that actual six no. billion dollars that's only allowed to be used and supposedly supposed to be monitored for humanitarian purposes. It just allows you six million dollars that all of a sudden now you have that maybe you would have had to use on those humanitarian efforts in your country to use on other things. I'm not saying it's happening, but um, some people are. Paul in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. How much support should the United States be putting behind Israel? 
is Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you run into many different problems with logistics. If you have a, a front on two sides of the world, you get stretched very thin. But if you don't have the help from your your allies, you're not going to make it. And that's that's the big problem. You know, the, the horrible problem that we've all witnessed by seeing some of the things that we've seen is, you know, I think Mr. Walton said that, that the eye for the eye and the tooth for a tooth thing, you know, you walk around with an eye patch and a monocle is what you end up <laughs> with. And, and so, um, you know, as much as I hate the atrocities, I've, I've studied up on World War II and previous to World War II and what the the Germans did. And uh, they're unspeakable. I can't repeat them on, on radio where you guys would cut me off. And um, we're doomed to have that happen again because of the level of anger because of what they, they've done, Hamas. So, you know, I would say cooler heads are going to prevail, but don't get in the long, protracted um, war on each side of the world right now if we don't have what we need. Right now we have no petroleum backup. Biden's gotten rid of all of it, and if you're going to have a war, you're going to need that. So there's there's a lot of problems out there that they're going to have to solve quickly. And I, I don't see the Secretary of State Blinken doing a darn thing about it. But I see him as, as feckless and worthless. So we've got a lot of work on our on the way. Let's just say we're just now getting started. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Um. Another email on mikeatkdy.com says, these are God's people. We don't have to send troops to Israel, but we do need to remember. God says he will bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse Israel. Don't believe me? Look at the squalor the Palestinians live in and the lack of moral and principles, and it's not because of Israel. Israel has tried to bless those Palestinians. They refuse the... uh, they refuse. The curse is because they reject Israel and their right to exist. Their own maps do not have Israel even on them. We need to keep God in mind. Mike says, thanks to Republican obstruction, we currently do not have a confirmed ambassador to Israel. This is what happens when you put politics ahead of our national interests. It's time to confirm Jack Lou immediately. Apparently he knows the name of the uh, uh, proposed ambassador can't do that can't do that because they don't even have a speaker of the house yet so no so no business can be so, done until they get a speaker so, elected so that's on the to-do list too, i now. guess so uh dan uh writes in says you are incorrect about the pictures of bodies all three networks show unpixelated pictures they have the power no matter where the footage come from to block pictures uh, Dan, I wasn't talking about pictures. I was talking about the videos. Every newslet I have seen that has aired video of the beheadings and shootings of children um, have first given a warning about the graphic nature of the video and then blocked out or pixelated the video that they shared. Now, you're right. They have the power and control about what they show on their own network. They do not have the power and control to stop what is posted or shown on other networks, especially in the Mideast, like Al Jazeera. Um, also, what uh, Hamas posts, posts on social media. They don't have control over that. So there, there, there is some very graphic videos that get seen and get shown. You, you don't, it doesn't get seen a lot here in the United States. 
especially if you're watching mainstream media, because number one, um, you know, if you were to rate that, it would be rated X. It's that graphic. Red says, I just heard from a friend of mine that sent me a message this morning saying that he was with a group of tourists visiting Israel. He is safe. He's apparently in Jerusalem. I didn't know he was in Israel. Had a long conversation with him. He is safe but afraid, anxious, and is in a bomb shelter. Uh, Meanwhile, a pregnant woman in southern Israel was found by Hamas terrorists, it's being reported. They dissected her body. Her stomach was cut open, and they took the fetus out with the umbilical cord and let the unborn child die slowly out of his mother's womb. This is what inhuman savages Hamas do to people. And again, that's, that's a report from him. We haven't confirmed any of that. 208-336-3700, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on Verizon Wireless. Uh, final chance to weigh in. Phone lines are open. Also, final chance if you want to get the Freedom Brewfest tickets, text I Like Beard to 208-336-3700. Uh, you've got about uh, five more minutes, and then we will pick a winner at random from all of the entries, and uh, they'll get those Freedom Brewfest tickets. A uh, $70 value could be yours. Final chance to text it. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. I think that if uh, Israel goes after Iran, they've said they will. If they find complicity in this attack, if they go after Iran, Hezbollah will be forced to attack from the north. So this is a very dangerous period. First time that we've ever seen Israel and Iran come this close to blows. And if that happens, it may go from a one-front war in Gaza to a three-front war. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, just been taking, trying to get a, a temperature. What's your temperature? What are your feelings on uh, another war, supporting another war? Already for the last over a year and a half, been supporting Ukraine in the war against Russia. Experts are saying this is not going to be a quick war, and it is going to be as ugly as it was in uh, Ukraine. This war is even going to be more ugly because of the atrocities that are going to be committed against Israel and by Hamas. So we're getting, just getting your thoughts on, should the United States, how much support do you think the United States should be given? This is an important ally. I've been for long times. Should there be support? Should it just be monetary and military uh, equipment? Should we be helping with boots on the ground? Email in, uh, says that we've been supporting Israel since 1947. I would guesstimate that they probably have military equipment from that era that is still unused. If they ask us for help, I would ask them how much and what kind. Personally, I would help them with what they want, but not our troops. That's Billy and Fruland. By the way, um, some of our military equipment and ammunition that we had stored in Israel was given to Ukraine. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's it's in the Eastern Hemisphere, so. And, and who knows that Israel would need it. So quickly. That's like right. the that's like the armory. Um another uh email, Mike KBOI.com. Gentlemen, a couple of things out of this uh is in fact the end of the world, then we should be working on getting our affairs in order. How can we dictate policy to the rest of the world when we have an absolute dumpster fire burning currently in the United States? I would go a step beyond that we have a raging inferno going, so how can we dictate policy to the rest of the world? 
Hypocrites are never taken seriously, not on the world stage, not by any serious group. Once we have our mess under control, then I think we can start advising and dictating policy around the world because this huge mess we have at home is surely going to be our undoing. And what the average American person doesn't understand is that our enemies have grouped together. And to do what? We believe in bringing about the end of America. Those young lions everyone has heard about in prophecies, they're roaring right outside our door. That's from DH. Susan Caldwell, you got about 30 seconds here before uh, our show is over. Your thoughts real quick. Okay. Unlike the Ukraine, for a year now, solid, Israel has been taking any inkling of support from our European allies away from themselves with their behavior on the West Bank. We are not going to get help with our European allies in this issue, unlike with Ukraine. Very important distinction. Thank you for the call, Susan. Appreciate it. How much support, before I let you go, answer the question, how much support should the United States be giving Israel? I don't think we have it in us right now. I think we're kind of depleted. We have the will, but we don't have it. Thank you for the call, Susan. Appreciate it. Thank you to everybody for the calls. Uh, didn't get to all of our e- emails. We can talk more about this uh, coming up here tomorrow morning. Remember, President Biden will be talking later today uh, about this subject. Uh, Nate, we'll talk about.